Welcome in to Potty Pod Football. I am Dan. Without me again today is Andy. So unfortunately, you have to only listen to me. But we have all of our picks in for week three of the NFL season. The bad news for you is that Andy's not here, and so you don't get to hear his picks and the wild reasons that he's picked them. Uh, The good news for me is that he is in town, and so we're going to watch the Thursday night football game. The bad news on that, though, is that it's the Giants at the 49ers. So going right into the games, Giants at... 49ers. The Giants are getting a whopping 10 points, which believe it or not is not the most on the week. The over and under is 44. We've both picked the 49ers. Andy's picked over, I picked under, and he's made this one of his solid picks. Now, while I believe that the 49ers are going to destroy the Giants, I feel like the Giants are probably going to get some some garbage points at the end, just because I think they're going to go up on them so fast. I mean, looking at the injury report, of course, we know Saquon Barkley's out. Now, to the extent of his ankle injury, we're not sure because Brian Dable didn't know if Saquon was going to play this week. Um, But it looks like he's not. That's, I imagine, for the best for Saquon. But they've already got other issues on that offensive line that is already struggling. Andrew Thomas, their star left tackle, will be out with a hamstring injury. And Ben Bridison, their left guard, is out with a concussion. So that offensive line which was already starting to struggle, is going to get demolished by that 49ers front four. Uh, I don't mind him taking the over just because it could be from the garbage time points at the end. I, I just think I just think the Giants are going to score very many points. I would not bet this game. I mean, you can. I think the 49ers are probably going to demolish them, but... Thursday night games are always a little bit dear, different, as are Monday night. And when it's something like this, where it seems like it's going to be the clear, just absolute destruction, sometimes you get where they just they can cover, especially with a 10-point spread. Double-digit spreads always make me a little nervous, so I don't typically bet them. But man, if you do, this seems like one of the more reasonable ones to, to put money on. On the other side, Brandon Ayuk... Um, Hurt his shoulder in a catch last week, and so he is questionable. I mean, you might as well sit him in this game. You still have so many other horses to play. Debo could have a big game. Chris McCaffrey, of course, will have a big game. Um, you might see more Kittle, too, who's been relatively quiet this this season so far. But I still don't think this affects anything to do with, with the point spread or the over-under. Moving right along, the next game is the Falcons. At the Lions, the Falcons getting three points, the over-under being 46.5. Andy and I have both picked Falcons and over for this one. I've made this one of my solid picks, and I kind of I picked some that are not going to seem that obvious for my solid picks this week. Um, I, I, I picked some that I think are really good, but not ones that are... ones that I think are going to surprise some people. This one, the Falcons... I like him in this. First of all, Amon Ross St. Brown probably has turf toe. Uh, it's questionable whether he'll play this weekend, but even if he does, boy, you're getting a lot of push off from that, and I just don't know if he's... I, I'd, I'd be surprised if he plays. Um, HVT, their right guard, is also nicked up, and then David Montgomery, we're still not sure on. Uh, I don't think he'll play. 
He's been listed as questionable, but I think they're fairly all right with Craig Reynolds taking the load um, until he gets back. I don't think you'll see Jameer Gibbs take on that workhorse role, especially that bruiser role that David Montgomery plays. He His is going to be more of, for fantasy people, a PPR role. It's going to be more pass catching. You'll probably use him in the slot. You might see him on third downs, um, that kind of thing. And I think he'll do well, and I think he'll progressively get better over the season, but I don't think he'll ever take over that lead back role in the normal sense that we think of. So if Montgomery is out, Craig Reynolds comes in. I like Craig Reynolds, but he's no David Montgomery. Uh, And this David Montgomery is just always kind of nicked up. The Falcons, though, are rolling lately. They have had a good season. Arthur Smith has got his offense kind of... It seems like where he wants it. Now, we're still not seeing a lot of Kyle Pitts, which is very odd. But we saw a lot of Drake London last week. Bijan is probably the best running back in the NFL two games in. Um, Certainly in the discussion for top five, if not top three. And that defense is starting to roll. Now, Jeff Okuda is nicked up. I don't know if he'll be playing. And Troy Anderson as well, the Mike linebacker, um, our inside linebacker, is also injured. But... I like the Falcons. I think the Lions are good. I think they're suffering from some injuries right now, and they had a lot of hype going into the season, but I think the Falcons are kind of where it's at. So solid pick from them, and that's just going to be a good game in general. Moving right along, Colts at the Ravens. The Colts are getting a whopping 7.5 points. The over-under is 46. Andy and I both have the Ravens and under on this one. Andy's made it a solid pick, and quite honestly, it's probably a good one. Uh, we saw Anthony Richardson go out with a concussion in last week's game against the Texans with his second rushing touchdown. And he's in the concussion protocol. He hasn't practiced as of today. And I see it as probably likely that they don't play him. They have no playoff aspirations this year. That is their new rookie quarterback, future franchise. And why put him out there against the Ravens defense? You're only going to hurt yourself. On the other side, Justice Hill is questionable with the toe injury that could impact his availability. And Odell Beckham uh, hasn't practiced either with an ankle injury. Um, The toe thing, it sounds small, but man, that's where you get a lot of push. And when you're trying to to move down the field, that can be a big part part of it. Uh, They recently signed Melvin Gordon for whatever that's worth. I think Gus Edwards will be the lead back. In general, going down the rest of the season, I think Justice Hill is fine, but I think Gus Edwards is a better running back. And then with Odell, I could see them resting him as this is not, this should be a relatively easier game for the Ravens to play. Uh, I think that offense is slowly, I'm thinking in the, the first week you saw very rusty, as with quite a few teams under this new offense. And the second second game, Starting to kind of understand, starting to get better. Lamar Jackson's looking better, and I think they're just going to keep on improving, and I think the Ravens are really going to route this one. Um, seven and a half is a lot, but I would I would eat that for this one, and I don't, I don't blame Andy for taking this as a solid pick. Next up, a little bit of controversy. This is the first one that Andy and I disagree on, and I could be wrong. Neither of us wants anything to do with this game, or at least not indicated on the spreadsheet, but Bills at the Commanders. The Commanders are getting six and a half points. That's the key there. And the over-under is 44. Now, Andy and I have both taken the over, but I'm sticking with the Commanders, and Andy is sticking with the Bills. Uh, some notable injuries. Dawson Knox didn't practice due to an, a back injury, but I think he'll probably still be available. 
Um, and then tight end on the other side, Logan Thomas, with the concussion, was in last week's game on a uh, a hit that got Kareem Jackson penalized um, when he scored a touchdown. I don't know that he'll play. Now, I like their backup, and you kind of saw in preseason that uh, Sam Howell was kind of utilizing him a lot more and just someone to keep an eye on. Now, the John Bates is listed as the backup, but Cole Turner, the fifth-round pick in the 20, 2022 draft, I think he could have a big game from this. You saw him preseason, Sam Howell liked him. They're starting to get that offensive going, and I'll tell you what. For the longest time, people didn't think much of Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Commanders, because he was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. And this is the first year he left. And a lot of people thought that's why he couldn't get a head coaching job is because, well, anyone can be offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. But he's gone. The Chiefs offense has been puttering along and really struggling while the Commanders has gotten so much better. And you're seeing a lot of development from Sam Howell every every game. I like this commander's offense a lot more. Now, I, I always say I wish the, the offensive line was better, but the way they're scheming things, it's they've, they've been able to do well both through the air and on the ground with Brian Robinson. On the other side, Chase Young is starting to look like the old Chase Young before he tore his ACL, and sometimes that can take you know a season uh, or two to kind of come back. And he's starting to look like himself. They're, for some reason, a little bit weak on the run game, which doesn't make much sense to me. But I think this is going to be a really good game that people are surprised about. I don't know. I don't feel confident that the commanders will win this game, but I think it'll be close. And I want that six and a half points to take me into that. Keep an eye on the commanders this year. They could get that wild card out of the division. Next up, Patriots at the Jets. Huge divisional game for this one. The 1-1 one one Jets take on the 0-2 Patriots. This is a Bill Belichick team that could start 0-3. And, and the Jets, with such Super Bowl aspirations, starting 1-2, and two, it's going to be tough for either. Uh, some notable injuries. Devontae Parker, who's been out, uh, was limited with a knee this week. I think he'll play. Brees Hall, limited with a knee this week. I think he'll play. And I think he could get a big workload, too. Uh, last week... He got four carries against Dallas. He got 10 the week before. If you're not running the ball, then you're putting a lot in Kyle Wilson's hands. And while I think he could end up developing into something pretty decent, it, it can't be behind this O-line, and it can't be without focus on the run game. And I understand Dallas went up big on you right out the gate. You thought you had to just keep passing it, but you had to play your game. You have to run it. And do what you can, although, man, it's hard for anyone to do anything against that Dallas D. Um, the week before, he only got 10 carries against Buffalo in a game that went into overtime. They've got to start relying on that run game. If that offensive line can't pass protect, they got to at least be able to run block. And so we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, Andy and I have both taken the Patriots on this one. I've taken the under. He's taken the over. The Jets are getting three, and the over/under is thirty-six and a half. That's very, very low. That's the lowest of the week. I think that's the only that's the only game below forty for the over/under. Vegas is telling you this is going to be a low-scoring game. With that, those two defenses, that's probably going to be the case. You're going into a game where the Patriots' offense could be the better of the two. I 
I don't want to bet this one. I think these teams are kind of similar. Really good defenses, offenses that have moments and have some players that can do things, but it's just not it's just not a cohesive unit yet. And I tell you what, that's Jets team. If they lose this one, I mean, you heard it from uh, from Garrett Wilson about how the Jets have lost 14 straight games to the Patriots. He's like, we're not here for that. They brought him in. He's saying he, they brought him in and Sauce to beat these Patriots. And it, this could be a get-right game for the Jets, or it could be a path to a very dark season if they lose this one. Good luck to you if you're betting it, but man, am I interested to watch it. Next up, we have the Titans at the Browns. The Titans are getting three and a half. The over-under is 40. Andy and I differ on this one greatly again, and I've made this my lock and solid pick. I've got the Browns and under on this one. I think it's going to be a defensive game. Titans have a good defense. Browns have a ridiculously good defense. Neither side has a good offense, but I like the Browns' offensive line a lot better. Derrick Henry has been questionable this week. I think he'll still play, but that's something to keep an eye on. On the other side, Amari Cooper is questionable with a groin and shoulder and didn't practice Wednesday. So something to keep an eye on, even if he does play. Uh, Red receivers with groin injuries, that affect. I mean, that's hard to run when you have a pulled groin. So something to notice on that, but I think their receiving core can still do a lot. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like Elijah Moore. I, I really want to see... Uh, and Joku kind of take a step forward because I kind of sold out on him a long time ago. And I think he's athletic. I just don't think he's all that great. And honestly, the poor performance of Don, Deshaun Watson really isn't helping. Cedric Tillman is someone to keep an eye on if Amari Cooper is out because he could take that role. Uh, Andy and I were both very high on him going into the draft. He was a third-round pick by the Browns. And while that Titans defense is not easy to play against, I think the Browns could end up scoring some points against the Titans on defense. Andy took the Titans in over. That's just the Titans do not scare me. They're they're going to be able to beat some bad teams, and they're going to push some mediocre teams. But I just don't see how they have the offensive weapons to be able to get really anything done this year. If the Browns do want to be that big bad team, they try to show everyone they were the first week you got to beat these mediocre teams like the Titans because if you start off 1-2 and two with losses there, it is going to be a very long road going forward. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get better. Either that offensive line is going to gel or they're going to have to get rid of Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator. And the Ravens, by halfway through the season, that Ravens team is going to be really tough and they're already 2-0. and Next up, Chargers at the Vikings. The Vikings are getting a point. The over-under is 54, so Vegas sees this as being a very high-scoring game as that is the highest of the week by a large margin, which makes sense. Neither defense is good at all. These are two 0-2 teams. And boy, I tell you what, if they start 0-3, Brandon Staley could be out the door a lot sooner than I thought. I thought maybe he makes it to halfway. But 0-3, especially against a team that is really just a quarterback, a left tackle, and two wide receivers, and a tight end for the Vikings. But they don't have much else on there. Uh, and the Chargers, you look at them, 
that roster is absolutely stacked and has no business being 0-2. And with the the defense performing so poorly. This is going to be a good game, though. This is going to be a lot of action, a lot of a lot of deep balls, and I think it's going to be the over. I've taken the Vikings over. Andy's taken the Chargers and under. We both have split on this. Neither of us has made it our solid pick, though, because the Vikings get a point at home. I think that's Vegas telling you that they want the Chargers on this, but I just don't. I just don't trust the Chargers in late games. Where if there's one thing the Vikings are good at, it's trying to come back in the fourth quarter and win it. Plus, I get a, a point and I'm at home. I don't know if I'd bet this one, but I will definitely be watching because this could be this could be some of the best highlight reels all week long. Some injury history or injury updates: Austin Eckler. Uh, out with an ankle still. He didn't practice Wednesday. I think you could see more Josh Kelly still. And then running back news on the other side is that the Vikings have just traded this morning for Cam Akers. In what might be the saddest trade for a running back, uh, the Rams will receive a conditional six-round pick in 2026, and the Vikings will get a conditional seventh-rounder in 2027. For Cam Akers. That ain't great if you're Cam Akers. But at least you're on the Vikings. You are on a team that at least wants you. As the Rams have shown, they really don't want anything to do with them. Although we can't tell. We never got a clear answer as to why. I mean, this is going to be tough. I He better get good at pass receiving. Because they're not going to be able to run much behind that offensive line. They got one good tackle. The rest of it's kind of a mess. Christian Darisaw is nicked up. Garrett Bradbury's been nicked up. Ezra Cleveland, okay. But man, that is going to be... That's going to be tough to run behind, especially when the Rams have had better offensive lines before, not so much last year. And then this year, it seems to really be playing above their level with the offensive line they have now. This will probably be one of the best games of the week, but I would stay away if you're looking to to make any bets. Fantasy football-wise, start everybody on offense. Next up is the Broncos at the Dolphins. The Broncos are getting six points. The over-under is 48. Andy and I are both in agreement in taking the Dolphins and over, and we've also made this, uh, both made this our solid picks of the week. The Broncos continue their season 0-2. That ain't great. The Dolphins, however, are 2-0 and and look to be, I think they're going to win that division. I know it's early, and we saw some life out of the Bills last week, but the Dolphins are just firing on almost every level. Even with the injuries they've sustained, they're still firing. And the Broncos' defense has been bad so far this year. That was their identity last year. In the last few years is that they have a good defense. And it's not like they really lost a ton this year or in the off season going into it. So I don't understand why their defense has gotten so bad. It's got to be on the coaching side, but their offense is looking better. You're starting to see a little bit more out of Russell Wilson. He's starting to, you're seeing little bright spots here that offensive lines improved. I'm hoping Javante Williams get going. Cause I've been a Javante Williams truther for the last two years. Uh, unfortunately he got injured last year, but I think this one's going to be, I think this is going to be a brutal loss for the Broncos. 
I'll eat the six on that. And I'm taking the over just because I think I think the Broncos get a, a maybe maybe 17 points, but I think the Dolphins are really going to whoop them up. I'm thinking like 35 from them. It, it's going to be nasty. Uh, as far as injuries go, not too much on the Broncos other than Greg Dulcich has been placed on IR, which is too bad. That's another guy I've been a truther of, but just seems to keep getting injured. Jalen Waddell has been in the concussion protocol, left the game last week. But Mike McDaniel said he's not really worried about the timeline because he thinks he, uh, Mike, that Waddle's going to make it through and be all right. And then Salvin Ahmed, the backup running back, probably won't play again with a groin. I, I would take this one. I would take this bet big time. I think the Dolphins at home are going to wallop on the Broncos. And I know everyone's kind of waiting for the Broncos to do something. After last year, the hype was so the hype was big last year that they were going to win the Super Bowl. And then they fell so completely fat, flat on their face that it's it's hard to kind of have hope. I mean, yeah, they went and got Sean Payton. So you've upgraded a co- uh, coach, but it's going to take a while. It's not his people. I don't know that he really likes Russell Wilson all that much. This is going to be a Broncos team that's going to be learning a lot this season, and it's going to be a painful lesson. And I think this is going to be one of the worst. So... Dolphins, eat the six, take the over, all the way to the bank. Next up, the most important game of the entire week, Texans at the Jags. Texans getting a whopping nine and a half, although it's not the most on the week. And the over-under is 44. Andy and I are in agreement on this one. Texans and over. Um, Not so much that they'll win, but I think they'll cover. That Jags defense has not been playing well. The offense has been great up until last week when they really just suffered against the Chiefs, although the addition of Chris Jones, I'm sure, has a huge part of that. Uh, The Texans, that injury issue just keeps coming. Uh, Stroud, limited participant with a shoulder, although I imagine he'll play. Tank Dell with a thigh, although I think he'll play. Noah Brown was placed on IR, so I think Tate Dell is going to get a huge workload this week, along with Nico Collins, who looks to be legit. Uh, and that kind of goes to Andy's prop bet, or on my prop bet to Andy, Nico Collins over or under 113.5 receiving yards. Now, that seems like an awful lot for the line that I set for him, but I basically took the average of his last two games. So he got 80 yards against Baltimore and 146 against Indianapolis. Baltimore has a much tougher defense than both Indianapolis and the Jags. Although I imagine Tyson Campbell will be on Nico Collins for this game if they're going to pick a one. And Tyson Campbell is pretty good. Uh, He flies under the radar as a good corner, but he's been playing. He played well last season and he's been looking pretty good. Josh Allen is nicked up. I think he'll still play. Zay Jones on the Jags. Uh, Coach Doug Peterson said that he won't practice, but he's day-to-day. I think he'll probably be out. And that's going to leave a lot to Calvin Ridley, who will be not going up against Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley has a bad hamstring issue, hamstring injury, and likely will be put on the short-term IR. The injuries just keep rolling for the Texans. Uh, which, if you had, if the Texans didn't trade away their pick to move up and get Will Anderson, that would be one thing. 
because then if you're bad, well, at least there's that hope for the next season. And if you're a Texans fan, your entire life stream is hope. But they have the Browns pick instead, which was a good move by the Cardinals. And it's going to be like week six until the Texans are really able to do much. So while I'm taking the Texans on this one, I think they probably lose by a touchdown. I wouldn't bet this game because I could see it being losing by 10 just with the injuries. But uh, I know I'll be watching it probably sad all the way through. One bright spot, though, is last week C.J. Stroud looks like he could be the guy for the future, which is huge. With all the quarterback issues that the Texans have had throughout the years, being able to at least lock down the face of the franchise, the offensive captain, and the quarterback for the future is huge. But we've had that before, and it's blown up in the Texans fans' faces, and it's hard not to be snake bit. So we continue to watch. I, I continue to think this is going to be a hard year to judge C.J. Stroud, and you're going to kind of have to take the little pockets of greatness that you may see from him as opposed to some of the down spots because that offensive line and just nothing is really going the Texans away. Next up, the Saints at the Packers. The 2-0 Saints take on the 1-1 Packers. The Saints are getting two points. The over-under is 42. Andy and I are in agreement on this. We both took the Saints in over. Now, we didn't make it one of our solid picks, but I feel a lot better about the Saints in this than I do about the Packers. Uh, If I had a sixth solid pick to make of the week, I think this would probably be it. Uh, The injuries having a lot to do with that. On the Saints side, not so much. Foster Moreau, the tight end, didn't practice with the ankle injury. All right, they've got other weapons. Jamal Williams, this is a bit bigger. Uh, with a hamstring injury, went out last week and didn't participate in Wednesday's walkthrough with the hamstring. Maybe you wait a little bit, give him a little bit of time. They ran out Taysom Hill last week at running back, whatever you want to call, going on last week. And then I would like to see Kendra Miller get some more usage. Well, get any usage. He's been a little bit nicked up. He's back. We saw Tony Jones Jr. as the running back. Uh, decent run blocker from the one highlight I saw, but you know that's not the guy they're going to lean on. Kendra Miller is sneaky fast, and I think you could see him really go down, take it to the Packers. They've got a good defense, though. The Packers can stop a narrow loss to the Falcons last week, a walloping on the the Bears the week before. The Packers could end up being fairly legit. Now, we're bo- we're still trying to figure out the Packers and the Saints. And for some of these teams that have changed so much, whether with quarterback, which is what's happened here with both these teams, it takes a while to kind of figure out how they're going to gel. The Saints are better than I think people give them credit for. That entire NFC South is going to be a little bit tough. And I think the Packers can come out of this one and three for the season. I like some of the things I'm seeing from love i'd like to see what he looks like with christian watson in there the problem is the packers are going to be a lot of two-headed run game with aaron jones and aj Dillon. the issue is if aaron jones your better running back can't play against the saints defense that has a really really good run defense that causes issues and the Saints have a good secondary, and if they're able to sit on Romeo Dubs, 
there's not a lot of other options. You got to go to the tight ends and it's a lot of short yardage, little dinks and dunks. And that allows the saints to kind of load up in front a little bit more. So I like the saints, not only in this game, but I think going forward, they're going to be pretty good. And I'm interested. I'm, I'm waiting to see what the Packers turn out to be, but I think there's going to be some positive stuff for them by the end of the year. Next up Panthers at the Seahawks. The Panthers are getting six points. The over-under is 42. Andy and I are both in agreement that the Seahawks will cover on this, but we disagree on the score. I've got the over. He's got the under. Andy's made this one of his solid picks. I'm confident in the Seahawks eating the six points. The over-under, I don't know. It's 42. That's pretty low, but so is the Panthers' offense. The Seahawks get walloped in the first week by the Rams that everyone thought was going to be a nothing team and then a really close game against the Lions. They got a bit of an easy stretch. Actually, they have one of the easiest stretches possible. They play the Panthers next this week, then the Giants, then the Bengals, probably without Joe Burrow, and then the Cardinals. So they need to kind of take advantage of this next run because then after that, you got the Browns, the Ravens, the Commanders, the Rams again who were not an easy cakewalk the first time, and then 49ers, Cowboys, and 49ers again, Eagles, Titans, Steelers, and then with the Cardinals. This is I mean, They've got about four games here that they need to take advantage of because they are going to get they're going to get real difficult real quick. They've got an issue with tackles. The very first week, both tackles go out, the left and right, Charles Cross and... Um, the guys Abraham Lucas Abraham Lucas is placed on IR Charles Cross is still nicked up but this is a team that likes to run the ball would prefer to run the ball and without those tackles that makes it really difficult because their interior offensive line is not the best now they DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett had a huge game last week But the Panthers have some defense. Now, of course, J.C. Horn is out, which is huge, huge, huge for that de- that Panthers defense because, man, that is that guy's too good and that offense is too bad to, have, to be missing someone that big. As far as injuries, including J.C. Horn, Miles Sanders was limited in a participant in Wednesday's practice with a pectoral issue. I think he'll still play, but that's something to keep an eye on. He has not played well this this season, although the entire offense for the Panthers has. And Bryce Young didn't participate in Wednesday's walkthrough either with an ankle injury. Of course, I think he'll still play. I think he's talented. I think he's trying to get used to the speed of the NFL. I think it's going to take him some time. The Seahawks defense could help with that. Uh, Tariq Woolen is injured for the Seahawks, which is huge. That was their star sixth-round draft pick, I believe, last year, um, who really was a lockdown guy at DB. Uh, Seahawks also DK Metcalf is questionable. I think he'll play. The Panthers just aren't really anything right now. They have no identity. The Seahawks are still trying to recover theirs from what they had last year. I think it's going to take a little time. But this is going to be a boring game, I feel like. I think it's going to be maybe not boring, but ugly. Ugly for sure. Andy gave me a prop it for this week. Panthers quarterback. <laughs> I guess I didn't even bother putting 
uh, Bryce Young's name in there. Over or under one and a half interceptions. I said under. With Tariq Woolen being out, I think that's something. And now while he had two interceptions this last week, he had zero the first week. And I could see him throwing one. I don't know if he'll have two. So I don't feel super confident about that. But I'm definitely going to take the under. Next up, Cowboys at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are getting a whopping 12 points. Still not the most for the week. Over under 43. Uh, Andy and I have both taken the Cowboys on this. I've taken the over. He's taken the under. He's made this his lock, his solid pick. And I don't like betting double-digit spreads. But, man, if you're going to, this is probably it. This is going to be this is going to be brutal. Uh, they might have to stop televising this halfway through because this is going to be just a feast on the Cardinals. Now they've been able to kind of kind of do better than what you believe they would with that team, a team that's actively trying to tank. Now, management's trying to tank, not so much the team, you know, the, the players, the coaches, they're never trying to tank. But with the skills that they have skill players that they have on the field, I just don't see it. I mean, I don't know anyone that would take the Cardinals in this. Maybe if you get incredible odds, throw down 10 bucks and get lucky that the Cowboys just decide not to come out the second half because they're up so high and just get on the bus and go home. But short of that, this is going to be a tough, tough cover for the Cardinals. And I'm praying for Josh Dobbs to make it out of this alive. The only injury news I have from this, of course, Brandon Cooks, still having the knee issue. He practiced it on a limited basis this week. But, man, if you don't need him, and I doubt you do, you might as well rest him. You could probably not play the Cowboys' offense and still be the Cardinals if they just beat him by defensive points. I might throw that prop bet out to Andy and see what he does. We don't have time to, to record it. But that's an interesting one. I might throw it in. All right. Next up, the Bears at the Chiefs. The Bears are getting a whopping 12.5, which is the most on the week. And the over-under is 47.5. Uh, Andy and I both have Chiefs and under. Vegas has Chiefs and under. God has Chiefs and under on this one. It's 12.5. And, and it's a 47.5 point spread, which is actually one of the higher ones on the week. It's the second highest of the week is for this game. I think they're gonna the Chiefs are gonna wallop them, and then you're gonna see kind of like the Packers game. It wasn't near as close as when the Bears played them. They just got a bunch of garbage points at the end because honestly the team team got so bored they just get disinterested and kind of wandered off. Uh, this would be bad. I don't know what you're gonna do if you're the Bears. You gotta do something with Justin Fields. I, I feel like there's a talent there. I feel like you can utilize that. They don't really do any run up RPOs with him. He's not make. I mean, he's got open wide receivers that he's just not even seeing. Of course, in the press conference afterwards, he put he said something about the coaching, and then immediately gathered all the the news people around him and said, "No, no, you, that was out of context. I'm not blaming anyone but myself." But he's not wrong. I mean, I don't. I still am not a Justin Fields believer. I think he's probably fine, not great. Um, I think he's kind of similar to Mitch Trubisky, honestly. 
a good runner, not super accurate with the passing. I think he's a little bit better than Mitch Trubisky, but I think that's kind of what his career will be, will be a really good backup. Uh, but the Bears organization has not done anything to help put him in the position to succeed. Maybe he could have been better. I've always had the theory that the first three years of a quarterback's career really define what they could be. Sam Darnold, in a similar sense, I think he could have been much better, but just, I mean, no one survives Adam Case. And it's it's sad. I live in Chicago. I don't, I want to see the Bears do well. I'd like to see one of my teams, Bears or Texans. I just want some kind of good football to root for, but it is, it is just sadness all around. Next up, Steelers at the Raiders. The Steelers are getting two and a half. The over-under is 43. Andy and I are in agreement. Steelers and under this under on this one. I made this one of my solid picks. I am still fairly high on the Steelers. Now, a lot of people, it's kind of obvious their offense coordinator, Matt Canada, is just not good. Now, I thought it was going to take some time for that offensive line to, to gel because they are new. I think that's still a thing. But their offense looks so bad. Kenny Pickett looks worse this year than he did last year. The whole offense just looks miserable. The good news is they're playing the Raiders, which I think had one good game, and then you kind of saw them come back to earth against that Bills team. Uh, the Raiders got destroyed, of course, by the 49ers in the first week. And the thing is, new offensive line, that 49ers defense, that's that's going to happen possibly week one. So I don't put too much into that. They come back the next week, went out a squeaker against the Browns, and they get to play the Raiders and the Texans. I think that's going to be their get right. They could end up being three and one going into week four, and you see, A, if Matt Canada doesn't do something this week, see him gone. And I think you're going to see an improvement from the Steelers overall. I'm still confident in that organization. I think they're going to be able to do right. And it's not just speculation from podcasters or whatever about Matt Canada. That was openly asked to Coach Tomlin at the last interview. And, you know, Tomlin's very good at the mic, gave some, you know, an answer that's not really an answer, and then just kind of moved on. But if you're Matt Canada, boy, I better to lease than own in Pittsburgh right now. And injury news for both sides. For the Steelers, Deontay Johnson was placed on injured reserve with a hamstring. It's a little bit annoying just because we kept hearing he's day-to-day, he's day-to-day, and then eventually put on IR. Expect a huge game from George Pickens. And then on the other side, Jacoby Myers uh, is in concussion protocol. He said he'll practice Wednesday. Expect him to play. That's huge for them as he had such a great week one. But oof, I think this is going to be a rough one for the Raiders. Next up, the first of our Monday night games uh, set up in the worst possible way. One at 6.15, one at 7.15, which is horrible. The Eagles at the Bucks. The Bucks are getting 4.5 points. The over-under is 45.5. Andy and I differ greatly on this one, and this is going to seem wild, but I've taken the Bucks and over. Andy's taken the Eagles and under. And at the beginning of the year, if you would have asked me, I would have said the Eagles were going to just run over this Bucks team. But the Eagles are struggling. They lost their offensive and defensive coordinator. I think Andy mentioned in the offseason how he thought that was going to make a big difference. And, of course, it, it looks like it has. That Neither the offense nor the defense has been as good as we would have thought. Now, the front seven for the Eagles defense has been great. Jalen Carter looks like a grown man playing with some high school kids. Uh, 
but the secondary has not been doing well. And that Bucks offense, say what you will about Baker, but he throws a pretty deep ball, and Mike Evans is gigantic. James Bradbury's been nicked up. Their starting uh, safety, Reed Blankenship, has been nicked up. Terrell Edmonds, I thought we would see a little bit more of him. I'm hoping to see some more Sidney Brown. Uh, maybe a little more Keely Ringo. I'd like to see those rookies get in there. But you still got big play slay, and that's a big deal. But if he covers Evans, you still have Chris Godwin on the other side. This Bucks team is going to surprise some people. Again, that whole NFC South, they've got some horses. That defense is pretty solid. That offense, the offensive line's been playing well. Baker Mayfield's been looking great. Rashad White looks like he could be something. The Bucks stay healthy. They're going to give a lot of people some fits. I think they're going to beat the mediocre and bad teams, and I think they're going to win some teams against or games against good teams that are going to surprise some people. And I think this is it. Monday night football is different than Sundays. And while I don't, I'm not confident that they would win. I would never take that bet. To get four and a half at home, I think they cover. I think they lose this one in a tight one by a field goal. And this is the worst week for Andy to be out because I I know some of my picks have been out there. Um, This was almost one of my solid fives. I didn't make it this one. But some of these are just kind of on the edge. Raiders, Steelers. Dolphins, Broncos, although Andy and I both have that one. Titans, Browns, Andy and I differ. And then Falcons, Lions. That's a, you got to have big boy pants to take, to take the three on that one. Uh, and then the final game of the week is Rams at the Bengals. The Rams are getting two and a half. The over-under is 44. Andy and I differ greatly on this one. And I made this my last solid pick. And I took the Rams. Joe Burrow is not well. That calf is really bad. And we saw him. He got he, t- he tore it or did whatever to it in July. And then we weren't sure if he was going to be ready week one at first. And then, oh, yeah, he'll be ready. He'll be ready. Didn't look good week one. Of course, it was that rainy game. Didn't look good last week, and it looked like he injured it. I think he said he injured it in the fourth quarter. But, it, and, I mean, that whole second half did not look well. I think he's going to miss some time here coming up. Don't be surprised if they possibly bench him going into this game. Because if he comes out and injures himself, boy, this is this is a guy that now is an injury concern going forward and has a big injury history. And you just paid him a ton of guaranteed money going forward. That Rams that team has been looking good. I mean, it's hard to stop that stop that offense. And we see that without Jesse Bates. On the Bengals, that defense is just not the same. They don't have that secondary threat like they did before. And I think this Rams team is going to be able to throw all over them with Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. Uh, I just read this. Zach Taylor said that it's hard to say whether Burrow will be available versus the Rams on Monday Night Football. I don't think he will be. Which means they're running Jake Browning out there. Yikes. This guy was on Minnesota for three years, either waived, practice squad, whatever. Then Cincinnati for, yeah, man, it's, it looks like three years, but my God, 
he's been waived and signed and activated and waived and signed and practice squad and free agent for the entire time. So they know him. He's been there. But that's not got to make you feel good, especially when this is a team that depends greatly on the ability of Joe Burrow. Now, they've got good weapons in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But you got to have someone to deliver it to these guys. And Joe Burrow can will will his way into winning some stuff. Jake Browning. I mean, there's some people are just built different. And that's nothing against Jake Browning, but he ain't Joe Burrow. Um, and I get two and a half points. I think it's going to be a long, hard season for the Bengals. And they're going to lose some guys. Paying Joe Burrow what they did, they're probably not going to be able to keep T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And they're going to start the season 0-3. And then they play the Titans. Which is winnable. But with Joe Burrow out, he could be out for three weeks. That means you got Jake Brown against the Titans, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. Then you got to play the 49ers and the Bills. Then you get the Texans. But Texans are going to have their own line back by then. They're probably going to have Stingley back by then. This could be a different Texans team. Then you play the Ravens, the Steelers, who again, the Steelers could be a different team by this point. The Jaguars, who... Play better as the season goes on, as we saw from last year. This is going to be... I think this could be a long road for the for the Bengals. And they could end up 8-9 this season. And that might be optimistic when we're looking at them halfway through. That's going to be rough. But man, I'll tell you what, that Rams team is fun to play. 20, 20 targets for Puka Nakua last week. And... I mean, two games in a row, they're just they're just dumping it to him. He's open every time. It looks like Cooper Cup out there, but with long locks of hair. And then Tutu Atwell, who is tiny. I guess people just can't see him. A good one-two punch. Now, Kyron Williams is the lead back, and he's looked pretty good for them. I mean, they don't move on from Cam Akers unless they believe in Kyron Williams, the sophomore running back out of Notre Dame. But this is, this is a, I mean, and they're doing it with such, so little. Like, I, I, if they end up at least nine and eight this season, I don't know how Sean McVay doesn't win coach of the year or at least be nominated with Mike McDaniel because he has done unbelievable things with the help of Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford looks fantastic this year. That's, this is a team that's going to annoy some people and they're going to knock off some top teams and then get drummed by teams that you never expect. But they're going to be a fun watch all season. But boy, the Bengals. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate because when they're good, they're fun to watch. That Burrow to Higgins and Chase is just enjoyable. And man, if you drafted any of those guys in fantasy, good luck. Trade now before you know Burrow's out. That is all we have for this week. Andy should be back next week. The show is always better with both of us. Uh, I finally, after the last two weeks, not being able to watch too much football just because weddings and other things going on. I've told Lauren, don't make any plans. Schedule that we don't have plans because I want to take football in intravenously all weekend. Lots of good college games. Lots of good pro games. I'm making super special nachos for the Texans game. 
Hopefully that they don't get too soggy from the waterfall of tears. But I'm just looking for little things here. I heard CJ Stroud look great last week. I just want some more of that. I want more Nico. I want more Tank Dell. We'll see you all next week. May the ACLs be with you.